Thanks for turning us on. This is Pink Noise Posse, and I'm your host, Barry Sherry. In our second year of broadcasting on Cafe Racer Radio, I'm sharing deep dive conversations with a curated collection of healing guides you all got to know in year one. Today, I talked to Carrie Pizzullo from episode 31. You might remember her as the academic professor turned witch and the author of a book, Bachelors and Bunnies, that revealed the surprising alliances that Playboy magazine had with the feminism movement. In this 20-minute talk, she shares a transformative story about a client who entered an altered state of self-acceptance after just one coaching session. Let's dive in together. Great to have you back on the show, Carrie. Thank you so much, Sherry. Can you believe we're in season two already? No, it's very exciting, though. It is. So one of the things we're exploring this season is to give our listeners a greater understanding of the gifts that you're here to give away. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I say that kind of intentionally because I believe that the meaning of life is to find our gift Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this purpose that so many of us have spent time seeking. I know for me, that's a big part of my story, always looking for my purpose and the beautiful simplicity of realizing that it's just to give the gift away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How would you describe your gift? It's helping women to uncover the magic that already lives within them so that they can love their lives. And so particularly so that they can love themselves because that's one of the number one problems that the women in my community point to is a lack of self-worth, a lack of self-love, a lack of self-confidence. And that was actually kind of surprising to me (laughs) to discover um, because so much of my work is based on what I call woo-woo spirituality. It's kind of witchy, mystical stuff. And I think that when you pursue this kind of spiritual path, it opens up so much goodness in your life. But I wasn't expecting so many members of my community to want to use their spirituality to find self-love. So I think that that's so much of my focus at this point is helping women to understand that that magic is already within them and they already are whole and complete and powerful and magical. They just have to give themselves permission to believe it. Bravo, Carrie. (laughs) Thank you. You seeing what the women in your community have in common and what it is that they're asking for, you've identified, um, it sounds like a common kind of sticking point. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like for you to take uh, the women in your community on that journey? What are some of the practices that you follow? What I've been working on lately is some experimentation with one-on-one coaching, and um, I'll soon be launching a group coaching program. And what I've discovered with the one-on-one coaching is while I definitely think that this is work that you have to keep at, 
right? Um, you know, in, in any kind of therapy or self-improvement, health, wellness, you have to keep at it, right? You can't just work out one time and then expect to be healthy for the rest of your life. Um, but I've, I've been so overjoyed to see even in one coaching session where we will um, work through journaling exercises, meditations, chakra work based on what my client wants to focus on, what they want to improve in their life. Um, it could be something with relationships. It could be self-confidence. It could be opening up their intuition. Um, and so I, I create a customized coaching session for them based on their, their needs and their interests. And I've been so um, overjoyed to see how much progress can be made by exploring one meditation, by connecting with their heart energy, by meeting a goddess of love and compassion and a, a, a deity who only wants the best for them. I think that so many women are so starved for some tenderness, for some validation, for some rest for themselves, right? Even if it's energetic rest, emotional rest, right? They're giving so much. And I think even just one coaching session where they have some time to focus on themselves, explore um, the problem that they're confronting, what they want to shift in their life, and then to create some energetic and spiritual space to see what it feels like to look at themselves differently, to look at themselves through the eyes of the goddess of compassion and mercy, Kuan Yin. It's been transformative. Um, I, I have sitting next to me, because I, I wanted to print it, print it out and hang it on my wall, uh, a testimonial someone sent to me. It's two or three paragraphs long. This was after one coaching session. And she emailed me the next day and said, so much is so different already. She felt like something had already shifted in her marriage. She felt like she had more patience with her children. She had asked for one of the concerns that she had or, or goals that she had for a coaching session was as she described it, softening herself because she had been through a lot in the last few years and she felt um, just a, a little more rough around the edges than she wanted to be. And she said she thought it was going to be really hard to tap into that softer side of herself again. But she said it happened already. What do you attribute that success to? Well, I would say it's spirit and energy. And women having that space, right? I mean, I helped to create that space for her, but she showed up in it and did the work and gave herself permission to open to this. I think it's like a big gulp of cold water on a hot day. You know, I think a lot of people um, dabble in these kinds of magical spiritual practices without really um, having an opportunity to take a deep dive into it. So I think they find it interesting. They think there's something there for them, but they don't really know the power of it. And then they get that big, drink of water. And I think it opens up a lot of space for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing a story, Carrie, about someone who showed up 
and as you said, had a goal of softening, which, you know, I hear as, as, as opening and becoming less rigid, Mm -hmm. being more in the flow with her family, Mm -hmm. less, uh, you know, hard bounce, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and a dose of unconditional love. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because she actually told me, um, before the session, when she was talking about what she wanted to work on and, and I asked, you know, what, what are you particularly interested in? I'll try and bring it into the session if I can. And she said she was interested in a particular goddess. Um, I think it was Sophia and she actually didn't talk about self-love at all. She was talking about her relationship, um, with her partner, but as I was planning the session, I thought she needs Kuan Yin. This isn't about her partner. And I told her, like, there's only so much we can do. Like, he has to take responsibility for his own energy. But I thought she needs self-love. She needs this attention directed back onto her. And as she told me more about her life story, once we were in the session, I realized, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. I realized how right that instinct was. And for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with the spirit of Kuan Yin, would you say just a little bit more, please? Um, she is a Pan-Asian goddess. Um, she is considered a, a female bodhisattva um, who decided instead of returning to source, um, she decided to, to stay attached to earth and continue to help humanity evolve. So she's this ultimate goddess of compassion and tenderness and nurturing and mercy. And what are some of the ways that you practice being human? Like, what are you, what are you working on right now? Oh my goodness. Um, well, the question is how do I practice being human, but spirituality is so much a part of what I believe about humanity that I want to answer that question in terms of spiritual connection, right? But, but maintaining that connection, that, that connection to spirit, that awareness, that faith, that trust um, in just sort of day-to-day life. I think that that's so much of this work. Um, again, a lot of the women in my community, one of the questions that comes up over and over is, how do I establish a practice that I can do every day? How do I maintain my spiritual connection uh, you know, throughout daily life when I'm doing everything else? And what I tell them is it's not separate. If you have time and energy to meditate for 30 minutes a day or to do moon rituals each month or whatever it is, go for it by all means. I think that stuff is powerful and magical and awesome. But if you don't, if you're not there yet, if that just feels like more work on your to-do list, what I think is really the foundation of spiritual connection is allowing your spirituality to accompany you throughout your day, allowing it to weave into the fabric of your life so that it's with you when you go to the grocery store, so that it's with you when you're playing with your kids, right? There's no separation. And I think that's what so many um, people, I think, would do well to understand, like, oh, I'm a spiritual person. I'm connected in every moment. 
I just have to choose to acknowledge it. Um, so to answer your question, how am I being human? I'm trying to be human um, and spirit at the same time. And again, allow that, that spirit and that connection to accompany through my life, which then allows me to be more compassionate to the people around me, more patient, more present, and then I'm a better human. <laughs> so I, it's, it's all wrapped up for me. I love that. I found some reassurance as I listened to you. Yes. That idea of my spirituality going with me and I just have to choose to acknowledge it is like if I'm stuck in traffic or frustrated or can't find what I'm looking for, the idea of just slowing down to breathe and maybe acknowledge ancestors, spirit guides, you know, where should I look right now? Right. And then get quiet and still and see what comes through me. Yeah. You're being spiritual. Or if you catch your temper and don't yell at your partner, <laughs> you know, if somebody's annoying you or frustrating you and you stop and say, they're on their journey, I'm on mine, we're in different places and I'm certainly not perfect, right? I need to honor where they are in their journey. You're being spiritual, right? So even if you don't meditate all week or all month or whatever, you're still doing it. That's a nice reminder. I like how, how it feels accessible through your lens. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you're bringing that up and sharing that with, with our listeners. It feels, it feels within reach. Right. Right. And, and, and I, I approach it this way because I have the same struggles, you know, particularly since my daughter was born. Now, mind you, she's seven. It's not like I have a newborn at home, <laughs> but so much of my life, you know, it's just different. And I haven't been able to get back to the same kinds of routines that I had before she was born. And then I think it's been years. When am I going to do this? Um, but, I, you know, I try and say, well, gosh, look at all of the ways in which I enact my spiritual beliefs and what I think are the values that are attached to it presence, intuition, recognizing the magic of daily life. Um, right. So I, I struggle with these things too. So that's why I'm kind of always putting this stuff in, in that context. I'm glad that there are so many of us that um, attract the people that we attract and are asking these questions because collectively, and this is sort of where I wanted to end today's conversation, is what's on the other side of this? You know, if the women in your community walk away feeling better about who they are, mm -hmm. what their gifts are, mm -hmm. what do you think's going to change in our communities? And if we have more communities lit up like that, what's tell me about the ripple effect that you see, the impact of this work. Speaking very generically, I'm not saying this is coming from me as an individual. I wish I had this much power. But I think the more people that step into their own power and authenticity, 
particularly if we're talking about um, experiences of love and compassion that we can have for ourselves as well as for other people, as well as for the earth. I think that that is the first most crucial step to saving human civilization. It seems insane to have to talk about something like that, saving human civilization. But um, the last few years, as, as I think for so many people, I finally woke up to the reality of climate change. And when I say woke, woke up to it, I mean, finally realized it in a visceral way in my body, right? I've known it intellectually for a long time, but really grasped the reality of what this is. Um, and so I've really been struggling back and forth, finding some emotional solutions and then losing them and having to come back to them. So um, much of what I think about in terms of these big questions, like what do we take out into our communities? How do we make a good contribution to the world? Things like that end up there because I think it's the most significant, we have nothing else if human civilization collapses on this planet. <laughs> right? And the problem is because of our desecration of the earth. So the more we can love ourselves, and in my work, in my community, I connect that to loving the earth. I, I think that that's, that's the only chance we have to save ourselves because we have to shift these relationships away from commoditizing the earth, commoditizing other people, right? Thinking we're only, you know, our, our value, our worth, our wholeness, our happiness just comes from consumerism, which then destroys the earth even more, right? Um, so it's, it's, it's about that connection and that authenticity and that sense of true love and joy and compassion for ourselves and everything around us, including the earth. So again, I'm not gonna individually do that, but I think the more people that do it in, their, in various ways, because there's so many ways this can happen, I think you know, that, that, that's the first step to saving ourselves. And that, Carrie Pizzullo, is why you are a member of the Pink Noise Posse. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your brave and courageous work. Thank you so much. And thank you for creating this space for all of us to contribute. I really appreciate it. It's an honor. One thing that turns me on about recording and sharing these conversations is that I get to amplify the voices of folks whose values spark resonance with my own. When Carrie goes down the rabbit hole of how we humans are polluting our planet, without any regard for the impact on our survival. I know I was eagerly leaning in and wanting to pay more attention to that message. It makes sense to me that when I love myself more, I want to take better care of my body. If taking better care of my body means that I want to eat food grown in the ground instead of processed by machines then my interest in the quality of nutrients in the ground and the health of the earth start to matter more. In this way, by loving myself, I expand my attention and care to include more external factors. Growing up, the worst thing a girl could be was conceited. 
don't be a conceited bitch. I took that to mean don't think too well of yourself. Certainly don't say nice things about yourself to other people. And maybe you shouldn't dare think them either. The path to healthy self-love for me was full of obstacles, conditioning that first needed to be examined and unraveled. I wonder what wisdom Kuan Yin would have if I asked this oracle deck that I was gifted for guidance for anyone seeking to access more self-love. I'm going to pause the recording and hold the deck, sending that intention through my heart, and let's see what shows up. Okay, two cards showed up. The first, Empress of the Pearl. My guidebook says, just like the beautiful and rare natural pearl, you have a unique spiritual beauty to offer the world. Your pearl is your precious gift. Something unique that is being born through your experiences and consciousness that cannot be created or copied by another because it is your own unique soul light. Any struggles you have experienced are a karmic gift to help you grow this inner exquisite offering to support the spiritual evolution of humanity. Once you recognize this, you can dispense with your struggles more swiftly, using them to help you grow and not adding unnecessary energy or focus to the problem. Hmm. And there's more wisdom here about how a pearl is created inside of an oyster. Wow. The second card is Dynasty of the Divine Mother. So having just shared about the Empress of the Pearl, this seems most fitting as a follow-up. This oracle indicates that your spiritual legacy is important on this planet. You are a channel for the dynasty of the Divine Mother for enlightenment of all beings. We contribute to the Divine Mother's dynasty through our choices and creations, from the inner thoughts we hold to the projects in which we invest time, energy, and money. These become part of the spiritual legacy we pass on to generations to come. Hmm. Wow. I'm seeing the connection here. How about you? Well, this ends the spiritual reading portion of today's Pink Noise Posse episode. I'll be back next week with another Pink Noise Posse member, my favorite courage muse, Rose. Until then, keep mining and shining. <laughs>